Welcome to the Coffee and Questions podcast. I am your host, Michelle Berman-Michael, and my mission with this podcast is simple, to help realtors and loan officers across the world tap into the value Instagram can have for them and their business. To me, organic business that comes to us is the name of the game. On this show, you're going to hear from myself, other experts across social media, and also others that are just like you selling real estate and doing loans and doing it at a high level on social media. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Coffee and Questions podcast. I am your host, Michelle Berman-Michael. I am the CEO of Berman Media PD and creator of the Instagram Power Method. And I am joined by a very good friend of mine and someone who I feel like we've done a lot together only in the last couple of years, but I still feel like we have a lot more to do in the coming years. So it's really a fun friendship and partnership and a lot of things that we're excited to do together in the future. But um, if you guys do not know this gentleman, I really am excited for you guys to get to know him. Uh, But I am joined today by Justin Stoddart. He is the founder of Think Bigger Real Estate, host of the uh, Think Bigger Real Estate podcast. That's a tongue twister for you. He is also also the author of the best-selling book, The Upstream Model, which we're going to talk a ton about today. Uh, And he is also, guys, get this, he is the father of six And we just got, uh, before we went live here, we talked about how his wife is absolutely a saint because I have one kid and I cannot imagine having six. So, uh, Justin, thank you for being here. I'm so excited to have you on my podcast finally. And if you wouldn't mind, tell us a little bit about you and and maybe some more details about how you manage being a dad of six while doing all of these amazing things. You know, I just simply go to work and my wife's a superhero and she takes care of it. Although I have her little tap. So I'm Thank you, COVID. Um, I know not everybody can say that, so I'm sensitive to that. But I'm I work from home now. I have an office that's attached to the house, and uh, my my kids also entrepreneurs. They got dad's entrepreneurial bug. They are out in front of our house selling cotton candy, and so um, I'm sure they were coming to share their spoils with me and potentially tempt me with with uh, cotton sugar. But um, thankfully, I'm here with all of you to be able to avoid that temptation. But uh, yeah, so my it's it's a pleasure. By the way, it's so fun to be with you. I know I've had you on my podcast multiple times. And uh, you've absolutely wowed uh, the audience as you always do. And uh, so it's fun to now be on the other side of the table. Um, yeah, so for, for those uh, that, that don't know me again, my, uh, my passion is really family, right? Obviously, pretty hard to not be when they're surrounded by it. But, but I've um, built something kind of different in the real estate space that uh, really kind of goes along maybe with my, um, my belief in, in, in community and kind of a family type feel of instead of um, just having a coaching platform where people are, are kind of just telling you what to do. And, and you know, that's why you and I think so much alike, Michelle, is that you guys have a very similar platform, right? Um, I consider my my clients, my partners, and uh, we don't just give them ideas. We actually work with them to execute them. I don't think agents need more things to do. I think they need people to help them do them. And that's exactly what we do on the referral side, helping people to scale their warm market referral business. So that's, uh, that's a little bit about um, me both in work and outside of work. Well, I love it. And uh, I hope my kid grows up to want to sell lemonade or cotton candy out in front of our house so that he can help pay the bills, you know? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Absolutely. But, uh, it's, it's funny to think about how a lot of what we do is really centered around family. And I know that you and I have connected about this so many times, but working from home, I just genuinely, I'm so with you on that. It's such a huge blessing. And I think, you know, a lot of people have learned throughout COVID that, while there are a lot of negatives to what COVID did for us, um, there are so many positives, right? And there's a lot of opportunity that we have had to connect with one another, um, lots more Zooms, of course, um, yeah. but also to connect with our family. And, you know, I'm the same, like the the why behind my company is truly to being able to be home and be a mom while also running a 
kick ass company. So, um, again, just to add it to the things that we're aligned on, but what I'm really excited about is you have this, this model called the upstream model. And, and we've talked offline about this a lot. And my podcast of course, is how do we use Instagram to generate more business for ourselves? And one of the things that you have done so well is created this concept of the upstream model and how we can then tie that into social. So let's back up a little bit and talk about specifically what is the upstream model. So if someone wants to go buy this book, why are they buying it? Um, and if you could just elaborate on kind of how that then transcends into your coaching side of things, I think it'd be really interesting to, to get us started. You bet. Love it. So if you think about like when I quiz agents all over the country, uh, I ask them, would you prefer to have a, like a big warm market business? In other words, people calling you saying, do you have time to come list my property versus here's a list of names, call them and find those people who will agree to meet with you. Right. And, and I've, you know, I've kind of dramatized that. Right. Um, but the, the point is pretty clear is that people prefer to work in warm market over a cold market. Right. Um, and the only problem with warm market is that we just simply run out of warm market referrals. Otherwise we would just answer the phone all day long and go list properties all day long. Like there's, there's no other reason why we would be, unless we were total masochists, right. And just enjoyed people being mad at us. Like we would all day long prefer to have people call us and be excited to work with us. So how do we then address that problem of how do I get more of them? Because what we aren't willing to do, people like you and I, especially Michelle and the people that follow you, I'm sure are not willing to say, well, I'm going to settle my goals down to the level of my warm referrals. I'll just find out who, who my friends and, and, and family, like how many deals that they want to serve and pass clients. And I'll just settle my goals in there. That's not how goals work, folks. That's default. That's, that's, that's not by intention. That's not for ambitious people like all of us. That's for people who, who, who settle in life and that's not us. And so how do you then stay in a warm market business model without settling? Well, the upstream model answers that question. It really came down to when I was a former land developer, home builder, um, I was new to the business and now I knew what I was doing. I'd been trained by a great professional and I was stepping out into my own business. And I got to a point where I had some warm business coming in, but it wasn't enough. It wasn't as much as I wanted it to. Um, and I realized really quickly that I wasn't okay with settling for less. And I did what all the gurus told me, build a big database of all my friends and family, do notes, calls, pop buys, all those things. And the problem was my database was 25 years old, like I was at the time. And they weren't referring million dollar custom home projects. Now, regardless of whether you're, uh, you know, selling small homes or big homes, if you are ambitious, you will come to a point where your warm market is tapped and they aren't giving you any more referrals, right? At the pace that you want to receive them. So what do you do? That's the exact question that I was faced with. Like, do I start advertising? Do I start cold calling? Like, what's a way for me to get more business? And I'm, I'm like a warm market guy by nature. I love relationships. I love connecting with people, not just doing transactions. And I had this thought, despite what all the kind of gurus and coaches were teaching me, I recognized that there was somebody in the marketplace who was dealing with the client before that client needed me. That professional was upstream. So if you could picture the marketplace being a stream, right? And clients are moving from one professional to the next to get a certain service taken care of, you know, certain needs and concerns taken care of. Uh, there are professionals that are in relationship with your future clients before they go talking to you or your competitors. For me as a home builder, it was an architect. An architect was naturally dealing with his clients. He wasn't a competitor and he had all the clients I wanted. And I thought, why don't I just go get business from him? 
And it was a good idea, but it was very poorly executed because I went in with, let me go see what I can get from him. And that's where most professionals really go wrong. And they're like, I love the idea of getting business from a professional. Now, as a real estate agent, it might be a probate attorney. It might be a CPA. It might be an insurance agent. It might be a lender. It might be whatever, right? All kinds of professionals are dealing with your next client. And those, those clients are going to need you next. But most agents, when they hear this thought, and this idea, they turn off the recording right now and they say, ah, I got it. And they run out to their next professional with their handout, seeing the cute little phrase that they've been taught, which is, I'm never too busy for referrals. In other words, I'm showing up to get something from you. Now that works when it's your friends and family, that, that line has been proven. It's, it works with people who already love you. But when it's a business professional who doesn't, it's not the right model. It doesn't work. They're not interested in giving you because you haven't given anything in return. There, there's no relationship there. And so the upstream model teaches agents a very simple five-step process to unlocking those key upstream relationships to where you can get not just a couple referrals a year, which you'd expect from your really good close clients, but you can get a couple referrals a month, right? Potentially a couple referrals a week, depending upon who it is. So it takes makes it to where warm market is no longer capped by who you know today. You can literally get recurring referral streams from other professionals by simply applying the upstream model to approaching and getting referrals from these people as opposed to a typical model that we've been taught as we typically utilize with our with our friends, clients, et cetera. Well, there's so much to unpack there and I have so many things in my brain. I just had to take notes because I'm like, I need this for the show notes so that people know how amazing this is. But one of the things, two things really that I heard you say that I wanna make note of and one of them is a question, one of them is an observation. So the observation is, we have to go to where our clients are first, right? Before they know that they need us, we have to go to where they are initially making contact yeah. to a professional that then knows us, right? And, and a great example for, or that you mentioned was your insurance agents, your roofers, right? I feel like roofers is a really untapped potential for real mm-hmm. estate agents because roofers need real estate agents as much as a real estate agent needs a roofer. I think home inspectors is equally up there. Um, and I think if you, if you really dive into that, uh, there's a lot of potential there, but one of the things that I loved about what you said is that don't walk in there with the expectation of a handout, yeah. because in reality, they're going to look at you and be like, cool. Like, I don't even know you, who are you? So there's a point that I want to make on that one. Now, the second piece to this, or the question I then have for you is if we're going to the professionals, right? The people who need, or who get our business get the person's business before they then go to the real estate agent. Uh, what are you saying without giving away your five steps? Cause people need to go buy your book, but what are the, the kind of ways that you would tell them if you could share uh, what that conversation might look like so that it doesn't come across as, Hey, I want all of your referrals, send it to me. Yeah. I love it. Happy to share that. So here's the principle that first and foremost, we need to understand is that when you show up in someone's life, soliciting as a solicitor, you will get treated as such. You'll get treated as a solicitor. And it gets hard to recover from that. The doorway through which you walk into somebody's life matters and it brands you. And it's it takes time to rebrand yourself as somebody different than a solicitor. So if you're getting this, this great idea right now of, you know what? An insurance agent has the potential to send me a lot of referrals every month, which they do. Do not just go walk in their office with a stack of business cards and a brochure and say, hey, 
if any of your clients need a real estate agent, please have them think of me, which seems totally reasonable, right? Like, like we're probably laughing is like, that's probably what a lot of agents do, right? It's like, absolutely. It's like, that doesn't sound too bad. And it's not but bad. That's what but they're taught. Totally. To your point, that's what they're taught, right? Yep. Like, and, and, and people's emails, we get those emails all the time, right? Cause we accidentally end up on everybody's email list. Um, but in the email, it will literally say, I'm never too busy for your referrals. Yeah. And it's like a, it's like a stamp at the bottom of all their emails. Yeah. And I think that between you and I, I think we need to combust this. That's a good idea because while it is, as you said, the databases eventually get tapped and also the databases eventually get really irritated by it. Personally, I know I do so. Totally. And, and it, like I said, it works with your friends, your neighbor, like the people who already love you. They're like, well, of course, I don't want to forget. I want to use you. But as soon as you expand beyond that, and that's what we're talking about here today is how to scale a warm market business, how to actually grow up beyond who you know. Right. So when you take that cute line and apply it to a professional, it doesn't work, nor the tactics of here's some some here's some cards. Please, please refer me. Now, here's how I know this doesn't work is because that's exactly what I did as a builder. I identified an architect. His name was Ken. And uh, I walked into Ken's office. He was designing many of the beautiful homes in the area in which I was living and building at the time. And uh, I said, uh, I walked in and the gal at the front desk said, um, hi, how can I help you? I said, I'm here to meet Ken. And uh, she was like, great. Do you have an appointment? And in my head, I thought, ooh, maybe I should have had an appointment. I said, no, I don't. I just wanted to say hello really quickly. She said, okay, can I tell him what it's about? She said, I'm a builder and, and I just want to introduce myself. She's like, Okay. Um, like, let me see if I can get, I'm a little reluctant. Cause I could tell, you know, I can kind of, you kind of read people. You realize like, okay, Ken doesn't like these meetings. I can tell by her face that she's not supposed to do this, but she's going to try it anyway. Cause I'm kind of halfway friendly. Right. Very friendly. I'll say I'm very friendly anyway. Um, so she goes back several minutes later, Ken comes out now, Ken is, is cordial and professional, but I was emotionally ignorant enough prior to that meeting to think that this was going to work. Uh, but emotionally intelligent enough in the moment to realize like this, this isn't the best approach with Ken. Right. So I'm, I've got my cards ready. I've got my brochure. I'm telling him about myself, right? Like, Hey, Ken, this is who I am. This is what I do. Um, I see your stuff, you know, in, in, in our community, it's, it's impressive. I'm trying to say all the nice things. And Ken did a good job of kind of holding it together for a couple minutes. He said, Hey, great. I appreciate it. We'll take your stuff. You know, I gotta get back to work. Nice to meet you. Moved on. I never got one referral from Ken. Right. You might be like, Okay, that's that's okay. That's just the way it works. It doesn't have to work that way. Because let me tell you about the next experience. It was a guy by the name of Jared, and I got I wisened up a little bit, and I thought, okay, that was a little uncomfortable for me and for Ken because he didn't know who I was, and I was pitching the whole time. I had to introduce myself. So instead, I sought out somebody that knew Jared. It was an interior designer who I already had a deep relationship with, and I said, Nicole, will you do me a solid? Will you do me a favor? Now I could talk this way to Nicole, right? She was she was like a, a, a close friend. I said. I know you work closely with Jared, who's a who's an architectural designer. Would you introduce me to him? I, I like I'd love to work with him. She's like, oh, totally. I said, now, can I can I give you a couple points of what to say so that he doesn't think I'm just the average builder? She's like, sure. She was pretty good at it anyway, but she said it, and that was where it really shifted because the first time I met Jared, Jared was excited to meet me. He'd already heard my pitch from somebody else, so it wasn't a pitch; it was an edification. And when I was being um, edified, like he was like, oh, this sounds like somebody who could help me, right? Which was how the introduction was constructed, right? How I kind of gave it to her to give to him. He was like, oh, this sounds like it could be a positive possibility for me, not just some builder coming in wanting to bid on my projects. So in that meeting then I was able to show up, not as a solicitor, not even as a vendor, not even as a builder. I was there to be a peer to Jared. I own a business, he own a, owns a business. And our conversations were very much about 
Tell me about your business. Where are you at now? Where do you want to be at? Tell me your goals. Tell me what's your plan for your growth plan. Uh, what, you know, what, what challenges are you seeing in, the, in this market? And all of a sudden, Jared respected me because I wasn't there to get. Genuinely, this wasn't just me camouflage, my, my, like a new secret way to ask. I was genuinely there to give. And I was positioned as such because somebody else had already, had already introduced me. So now I could walk out with that meeting knowing exactly what Jared needed. And it became very simple to now kind of insert myself into Jared's business and become part of his business moving forward to where the referrals started to flow really naturally. And there's a few other steps after that, but that's the, the essence of, of the different approach of not showing up as a solicitor, but as an edified peer, a fellow business owner that can come adding value to the person that we're meeting with. Well, there's so much to love about this. And I have to correlate this to the Instagram power method part of this, right? Because what you just said, if I can clarify, is that you are teaching them to do two things that matter, right? Number one is create some form of uh, somebody doing the legwork for you, right? Or the name dropping, if you will. And in, in my case, right, the very first podcast I was ever on was Phil Treadwell, mortgage marketing expert, who he's an amazing friend of mine. I literally was laughing with him on Instagram about coffee this morning. Um, but being on his podcast turned into, I now get to be on all these other podcasts because of my relationship with Phil. I got Phil's buy-in to then go say, Hey, you should interview Michelle. I was then able to name drop Phil and get on other episodes without him involved, but he knew that I was doing that. Right. So it became that process that you're talking about. You had Nicole do it for you. And then you were then able to name drop your relationship with Jared for all of the other relationships that then hopefully came after that. Now, um, to create some, uh, something that's a little bit more on the synonymous side for Instagram specifically is when I teach people how to go out and find business, I don't teach them to go in and send a DM message saying, Hey, this is what I do. If you have anybody that needs help, let me know because I get those DMS every day. I'm sure you do Justin, um, whether it's on Facebook or Instagram or a combination of, um, and they suck like on the receiving end, they suck. They feel slimy and Mm -hmm. you my first reaction to most of them is, did you not even read my profile? Because if you would have read my profile, you would realize that I don't need what you just slid into my DMs for. Right. Um, so it comes with this, it kind of sits funny, right? Like Ken, it's sat funny for you. And it's sat funny for Ken, because not only did it feel weird for you to go do, but it felt weird on the receiving end too. So when it, when we're teaching them how to do that on the engagement side on Instagram, it's specifically, um, understanding. And I just posted a reel about this, but understanding Like, is this person that you're about to send a message? Are they too? Are they even qualified to get that message from you? Right. Have they even earned the right to get that message from you? Or have you earned the right to message them? Um, And so that comes down to one main thing, which is, do you have a relationship with them? Have you built any form of connection with them outside of, I have something to offer you as far as a product or as far as a service of some kind? Right. So I think the mentality of the upstream model is the same, which is this is rooted in a relationship. It's rooted in a form of this is not just me trying to sell you. This is genuinely me caring about your business and being authentic about my ask. Um, And it comes across very differently. And the person that receives it can feel the difference in that message. Um, And I I guess my question to you, and I'm, I'm curious what your thought is, is when you went into your meeting with Jared, what did that feel like as compared to Ken, if you could put it into words yeah. um, in a real life relationship? Yeah, I felt like with Ken, I was a beggar, right? Like I was needy. And it's never fun to be in that spot. 
Um, with Jared, I felt like an equal. I felt like a peer. I felt like I can help him. I want to help him. It's just such a different experience for both sides. Nobody likes to be like, as much as we want to help people that are, that are really in need, it's not a comfortable feeling to see someone with their hand out in need, right? Now we want to help people like that, but it's not like that's how we want to interact with people on a regular basis. So it wasn't good for him, nor was it good for me, right? So with Jared, it was yeah, yeah very much like, like I belong here. This is a conversation where, and, and I think all of us naturally, um, what, what we have in common is we're givers and we want to give. We're not just there to, to, to take. And so you can, you can take the, the taking method and wrap it in a pretty bow, but underneath it, it's still the taking method, right? It's, you're still there to get something. Whereas if you genuinely say, look, I'm going to, I'm going to make myself valuable. I'm going to go, I'm going to identify who I should be offering this value to. And then I'm going to go be super valuable to them. That's what, that's what really unlocks the upstream model is, is identifying the right who that can get you to your who. And then at that point, offering big value to them, right? And there's, a, like I said, a series of steps that, that really are very tactical as far as what happens in that meeting and after that meeting. But that's the essence of it, as you're genuinely there offering great help to people who are upstream from you, right? Who are in a spot where they can help you. I love this so much. I literally just wrote that down. You have to find the right who that can get you to your who. Um, so fire. And I can't wait for, for people to hear this uh, just because I really, really think this is going to change completely change the way that they understand referrals. Um, now, one of the things I do want to do is I want to pivot us to social media specifically. I know you do a ton of social media. I do a ton of social media, obviously. Um, that's part of you know, literally the name of my company. But um, what I think is cool about this, and I'm excited about this part of the conversation with you is how do we then translate or how would you and how have you translated this to your Facebook presence or to your Instagram presence and to the relationships that you've been able to build on social uh, because I think that's that's part of our world right now, right? Is a lot of our relationships are initiated through social media because of the nature of it. Um, so just talk to me a little bit about how yeah. do we then translate the upstream model into our actions on social media? I love it. I think we have to realize um, social media creates is a great broadcasting tool, right? It's a great branding. It gets the word out about us. I believe that it's at its best form and use. It's it's a conversation tool. Right? If, if our social media is not leading us into conversations, and I think we're really missing the real value of it. So we tend to look at social media as a megaphone of here, look at me, here's what I have to offer the world, which is, is great, right? People need to know who we are and how we help the world. But if it's not actually leading us to conversations, then I think we're missing on the opportunity. I know that's much of what you guys teach is really helping people to be in, in the, the right conversations. And so um, I think once you identify again, the who that can get you to the who, there's a way for you to engage very similarly as you would in a, in a, in a non-virtual environment, right? Where you whether seek, seek an introduction or show up offering value. And, and the cool thing about social media is that if you, if you stop thinking of it as just a megaphone, but as, as a great listening tool, I spent, I spent two years in Brazil, it's a quick story. And uh, there they have uh, these things called the big ear. If you were to translate, it's called the big ear. It's their pay phones, right? Now, probably with the advent of cell phones, that's been 25 years ago. Um, I, I would imagine there's fewer pay phones, but the pay phones looked like a giant ear and you would go stand up inside this giant ear and you'd call people. And um, I've, I've often thought of that, that, like the big ear and how almost related that to the fact of social media should be less of a big or more of a big ear and less of a megaphone of, of listening. People are telling you what they want validated, what their concerns are, what they're proud of, what they're, what they're working on. If you just use it as a tool to listen, they'll give you much of the information that you need to be relevant. I say that attention follows relevance and they're giving you the stuff that you need to be 
relevant if we'll just stop talking for just a minute and listen. It's amazing how much insight we'll gain in in being able to show up as a peer, being able to show up as someone who can really offer value. So I think it's great. Even if you're going to meet with people in person, first, like do some recon on these people. Like there's probably some stuff in there that would make you pretty relevant pretty quick. And I think one of the big um, errors of anybody in sales is that is that we we are a one size fits all. I have a solution. I'm going to give it to everybody. And if when we really start to uh, listen to what people say, we can still have the same solution, but now we can customize and personalize in a way to where it's really relevant to what they're working on now. So just again, using it to, 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 to hear and to start conversations, I think is, is um, a direct application. I love the, the analogy and I love the, like the visual that that just created, if you really think about it. And I'm going to, I'm going to also take it one step further on Instagram, right? Because you use the word recon and I love that word, um, obviously married to a guy in the military. So it's relevant to me, but, um, but what I think is interesting about it is if we use the word recon right on Instagram, this is one of the things that I tell all of our students and I teach it in our course, which is if you're going to create a relationship with someone virtually through Instagram or through DMS, the initial point of contact should always be through a point of connection, right? So the three C's, I I think I even talked about this on your podcast recently, which is the, the three C's, which is the framework of building and generating business off of Instagram, which is you got to create connection first. Once you have a connection or a connective piece, you then create a conversation with them. And out of that conversation comes conversion because of the connective piece. But if you have this chain and you take one of those three C's out of the chain, you have a broken, a broken chain, right? You have a missing link quite literally, right? You're missing one of the core pieces that leads to, I can now convert. So if we're talking about connection before you ever send somebody a DM, and this is the example I mentioned, right? Where we get the the slimy DMs from people who were like, did you even read my profile? If we back up and we tell that person, which I do a lot of times, like I'll go into coaching mode and I'll be like, you know, it would have been really beneficial for you if you would have gone to my profile and read what I do and then created some form of relationship with me based off of what I'm currently doing or a personal piece to me before you then decided to have a conversation with me about what you do. Right. And that goes into what you're talking about, which is listen first, then act. Um, So the recon side of it is like, for example, you, Justin, right? If I'm going to reach out to you on Instagram and say, hey, um, I think you'd be a great fit for X, Y, Z. What should I do first? I should go to your profile. I should look at all of your content and I should see, is there something that I can bring up in that initial DM message that has nothing to do with work, but has everything to do with some form of connective piece between me and you? Now for you uh, specifically, right? You and I both serve the same audience. We serve them in different ways, but our value system and our morals and the way that we do it is all completely the same. So what a fun relationship to be able to create, right? right? So if I send that initial message and say, Justin, Hey, I actually just saw that post you posted about X, Y, and Z. I actually, my methodology is exactly the same. I'm really curious as to, and then I go into a question, right? So that's the key piece that I was trying to, to bring up here is if you're going to create that initial connection based off of some form of connected piece, my suggestion is at the end of that initial message, end it in the form of a question that is designed to let the other person talk, not you, right? Not to give you the opportunity to talk all about yourself, but to give the other person the opportunity to pour into uh, you about themselves, right? Who doesn't like talking about themselves? Um, And that's kind of the point. I love it. So good. Yeah. You can see why you're the best in the world. Nice. I'll say it again. You're the best in the world at helping the real estate industry master Instagram. And that's, that's case. Because it's, 
it's based on two principles, right? Is that people need to be heard, is that attention follows relevance, and people are giving us exactly what we need to be relevant to them. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's awesome. I love your system really helps people to take true lasting communication and principles of, of human connection and just puts it into a modern platform, right? Which is exactly what people need is to not forget the fact that we're still human. We want to be heard. We want to have conversations, right? We want to have our concerns resolved. Sometimes when we go into social media mode, we forget all those things and we just show up and we're like that person at the party that nobody ever wants to invite back because all they do is talk about themselves, right? It's like, you would never do that at a party. Why do you do it online? Right. It doesn't like well, my social media doesn't really work. Well, it's because you, you aren't following Michelle's model, right? You're, you're out there just tr- trying to like spam people and, and, and it's just, it doesn't work. It doesn't work in real life. It doesn't work on online. Yeah, no, I agree completely. And I, there's a piece I wrote down. I took a note because I wanted to make sure we come back, came back to it, which is part of the upstream model. Cause I want to go back to this, right? Part of the upstream model is going to the people, to the who that can get you to your who, right? And we mentioned a couple of examples, um, you know, insurance agents, roofers, um, architects, interior designers, the list goes on and on and on. Attorneys is a big one. Financial planners is a big one. Um, You have a lot of these. um, I actually talked to a loan officer who said he gets all of his business from bankruptcy lawyers. And I'm like, that's wild, but cool at the same time, right? What was was that? Um, So I think, sorry. What was the profession that he got him from? Uh, bankruptcy lawyers. Okay. Yep. That's a great one. Yeah. Uh, but a very unique one. Right. Mm-hmm. So what I wanted to say here, which is cool is that if you take what Justin is saying, for those of you guys listening to this, if you're taking what Justin is saying, which is go to the who that can get you to your who mm-hmm. the marketplace on Instagram, meaning the place that you go and you do your engagement is way less saturated as far as the agents that are reaching out to them. Right. Because how many architects are on Instagram that have real estate agents reaching out to them every day. Probably not very many. Why? Because most real estate agents think that they have to go direct to the lender. Everybody thinks lender. Everybody thinks title, right? Everybody just goes directly they, to what they're taught when they go into their first meeting of, I just got my real estate license. Now, how do I go get my first piece of business? Right? So if you go above them, like Justin's talking about here, and then you go take our methodology of the Instagram power method and you start connecting with them, on Instagram and you start having conversation with them based off of what Justin and I just described to you for the last 30 minutes. Um, hello, the marketplace is a lot less saturated. Um, and Justin had a graphic that he showed me, which, um, I'm going to have a link to it in our show notes. So if Justin will send that to us, I'll be able, if you're watching this on YouTube, you can see it in the show notes, but if you're listening to this on Spotify, Apple, wherever, um, I'll put a link to it in, in the show notes for you. Um, but this graphic shows all of the real estate agents at the bottom of the stream with the rods in the, in the stream, everybody's trying to get the same fish in the same market or same uh, section, if you will, of the stream. But where you want to go is way above that to where there's way, way less competition and way, way less people that are trying to fish in that same marketplace. So uh, I think it's brilliant. And I think it, it coincides into go where you want to go for who your ideal client is and understand that your ideal client in most cases doesn't know that they need you yet in most cases. Yeah, I agree. Do you want me to share that image now, Michelle? Yeah, go okay. ahead. So for those that are so watching again, it, it, live. Perfect. Justin just took the words out of my mouth. Go ahead, Justin. Yeah. So for those that are watching live, this is the image that uh, Michelle was just describing. Again, you see kind of the frustrated faces of everybody competing out of the same 
part of the stream. And you said it so, so perfectly, Michelle, is that there's, there's really, it's a very crowded space. For anybody that's ever read the book, The Blue Ocean Strategy, very similar concept, right? Is that there's this place where everybody's competing on price and how fast can you get to the home and, and open the door for people? How low will you go on price? And it's just not a very fun place to be. And you don't have to stay there, right? Now, whether that be warm market or cold market, it still can be very, very competitive. Warm is obviously better than cold when it comes to competition. However, it's still competitive. And if you can get up above that, right, you get up exactly where uh, the, the person that's dealing with a client before they need a real estate agent and add big value to them in the ways that we've described, it allows you to, to, again, kind of fish with a net where you have people coming to you where they've already heard about you because this professional that they're already in a relationship with is introducing them. They're saying, you know, I don't know if you already have an agent, but but you should at least talk to Justin. You should at least talk to Michelle. Like, just that alone, coming from your financial advisor, coming from your CPA, coming from your attorney, you're going to take that seriously. It's not like you just found this person on like on some random website. Like this is actually somebody who who's coming pre-edified. And so I think having that mentality of, of you can cover a lot more ground, have a lot better quality client people coming to you, wondering if you have time to work with them. It's a much better scenario, much better scenario. I a thousand percent agree. And the best, uh, to me, the best compliment in the world is when we get messages from people who say, I listened to you on so-and-so. And then I asked a couple of your clients, they all said, yes, how do I work with you now? Right. What that's an incredible referral. That's, those are the types of referrals that we all want. Um, and in reality, it's a lot less stressful. Um, and I also think I want to maybe be devil's advocate here and say that you guys have to in your own business, decide who is your ideal client and who isn't right. And I know you deal with this all the time, Justin, and I certainly do, um, that we have people that reach out to us and they want to work with us, but they're not willing to pay what we're worth or they want a discount, right. Or they say, oh, well, you did it this, you did this for so-and-so, um, or they want, they end up being your cheapest, the most annoying client typically is the one that's paying the least amount of money. Right. So, um, if you're, if you're trying to go after the first time home buyers who are buying two, $300,000 houses, guess what? Your competition is higher naturally, right? So if you can almost out market yourself out of, or out place yourself outside of that, um, and kind of fish in a different pond, um, that's better, right? Who cares that you're a brand new agent, never done a deal. Why does that automatically mean that you have to sell a $300,000 house first? Like, why is that just like a, you have to do that because you're new, right? And so I think the point I'm trying to make is know who your client is and know who your client isn't be willing to say no, if it doesn't fit the mold that you're trying to actually attract because of who you genuinely want to work with. Um, and then lastly, um, understand that it's going to be a process. You're not all, you're not automatically going to turn on what Justin's talking about and all of a sudden have so much business. You don't know what to do with. Um, you're also not automatically going to start sending DMS to these people in the upstream for you, um, on Instagram, and then automatically start getting all this business. Um, it's a process and it's a, it's a framework that you really have to build. And it has to be part of every conversation that you have every day. Um, because that's how you turn conversations like what you and I are having, Justin, into referrals later on, um, uh, for people, both for you and I, and for other people who are listening to this. So, um, I'm just, I'm so grateful for this conversation. It's so powerful for people and it's so synonymous with what we do and, and how we teach people to do what we do. Um, so Justin, I do want to be a good steward of your time. And I know you have something, multiple things coming up. So, um, 
let us know how we can get connected to you. What do you have coming up in the future? Um, and then how do we just get dialed into what you're doing? And, and ultimately, where do we buy the upstream model for those totally. listening that want it? You know, I, I, I couldn't agree more with what you said about just um, how, uh, how in sync kind of what we teach. Uh, it's really fun to have that kind of partner. Um, you know, one thing that I actually just released yesterday that I'm really excited about that's given people such clarity and such direction, it's called their referral score. Um, and it's a diagnostic tool that I created. It literally takes them two minutes to go through. It's just a series of like wow. 10 questions. And from those questions, it allows me to go through and identify based on statistics from our industry, if they're leaving money on the table when it comes to their warm market business and how much money they're leaving on the table. It also gives them a score between zero to 25 and tells them where they at in that mix. Toward the end. And additionally, it gives us a very specific kind of uh, list of things that they should be working on first. So um, it's, it's such a cool tool. I'm so proud of it. I'm so excited about it. So we'll put in the show notes, a link to that. It's literally, it will take you two minutes. It's a quick survey from that. Again, we'll give you your, your referral score and a couple of resources to get you going to take whatever money might be sitting on the table and put it in your pocket. So um, anyway, that'd probably be the best way for people to get in contact with me. And it's something that I can truly give to them. They will give them amazing clarity and value, and it won't take them hardly any time at all to um, input the data that's, you know, that's needed. I love it. And how do we get you on Instagram? Because of course this is an Instagram yeah. podcast. So where do we it. find you it. on Instagram? Yeah. So at Justin Stoddart and, and my, my last name is spelled different than many Stoddarts that maybe you already know. It's S-T-O-D-D-A-R-T. So if you're just listening again at Justin Stoddart and uh, you'll see that, um, yeah, that I uh, have a focus on uh, business and family and all kinds of fun stuff. So anyway, and I'm a, I'm a big fan I love of it. Michelle's and I try and do what she teaches. So anyway, <laughs> keep following her. <laughs> well, I love it. And Justin, you're amazing. Uh, what you do is amazing. Our world and our audience really, really needs it badly. Um, and I think that this is the perfect, I think where our economy is and where our world is and kind of the, the temperature of what's going on in our, the real estate space, I think really needs what you're doing. Um, and I think it's now, now couldn't have been a more perfect time for us to record this together. So um, if you're listening and you like what you heard, please feel free to subscribe to our channel, leave us a review anywhere you listen to podcasts on Apple, Spotify, um, iTunes, all of the places. Um, we will keep bringing you as much value as humanly possible, but Justin, thank you so much for today. Thank you for being an amazing guest. And we will see you guys in the next episode of the coffee and questions podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please go follow my guests on social media. And if you enjoyed this podcast, please consider leaving us a review wherever you consume this content.